the Bear Down Report podcast featuring Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, and Patrick Sheldon. You can find Jack Wright on Twitter at jwrightbdr. You can find Patrick Sheldon on Fansided, or you can get him on Twitter at p underscore shells. And Brennan Chagru, you can read him on the Midway Minute as of right now. You can read him on Bears Wire, and you can follow him on Twitter at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brendan, man, it is, uh, we got some news to share with these people. Crazy stuff, right, dude? Wait, what's the news? I, I'm I'm almost as lost as you are. <laughs> so uh, there's this guy, and his name is Ryan Ryan P, and he was hired by the Chicago Bears. Oh, that news! That yeah. news! That is yeah. some pretty big news. Yeah, yeah yes, it is. it's uh, yeah. Ryan Pace is coming back, right? Dude, I know I'm gonna mess it up at least ten times. Like, and so when it like we should have like a little bell every time one of us messes it up and calls it Pace instead of pull. I don't. Whatever. Here we go. So guys, I think I might be putting a new New Year's resolution on my calendar. And I think I might change up my hairstyle a little bit this year. I've been doing the same thing for you know quite a few years. I like it, but I think I want to do something different. So I may have to go see our guy, Will, at Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they've been serving the community for 67, actually 68 years, isn't it? It We're is 2022. 68. Let's go. Let's do it. We are 68 years. They have five barbers and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your own convenience. Visit Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Boys, I don't know what it is, Jack, maybe you can clue in onto this one, but there's a certain point when you become a man, an adult, and you get excited about interest rates. J- Jack, I, you know what I'm talking about, man? I do. When it starts to get like below three, it's as if your fantasy player, Jamar Chase, just put up 55 points. I mean, it's kind of like equivalent, I think, really. I mean, basically the same thing. Same well, deal. I'll- All I'm getting at is interest rates are just perfect for purchasing a home right now today. And if you're thinking about it, give my guy a call, give him a text, check out his website. His name is Jeff Cadwalader. Jeff is an amazing guy and he knows the business inside and out. He is a third generation realtor. It's in his family. It's in his blood. And he's going to anticipate questions that you never knew that you had. He's going to help you out as best he possibly can. Jeff Cadwalader with At Properties. Give him a call. Give him a text. 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com to learn how Jeff can help you out. Thinking about buying or selling a home, one guy, one guy only, that's Jeff Cadwalder. All right, so Brendan, it's not a, an official Brendan's breakdown, but we've we've got the new Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, not Pace, Poles. Uh, and I, you know, I'm wondering if you can just kind of break it down for us a little bit. Who is this guy that the Chicago Bears just hired? Yeah, I definitely will not be doing this in my normal Brendan's breakdown <laughs> fashion. I'm sorry, but this is, we got to get the facts straight here. Okay. 
So Ryan Poles was officially hired as the Bears GM on Tuesday evening. He comes from the Kansas City Chiefs. He has held a number of roles within the organization. Most recently, he was the executive director of player personnel. Before that, he was the assistant director of player personnel, so rising through those ranks. And then he was in the scouting department uh, going all the way back to the 2010 season. He was a college scouting administrator moved up to director of college scouting, and of course, before going to the player personnel side. It's funny because everybody's been making the joke that, you know, the Bears have come full circle with Ryan Poles because he actually started as an undrafted free agent. He was an offensive lineman out of Boston College. He came to the Bears in the late 2000s. He was college teammates, actually, with Matt Ryan and roommates. Uh, Matt Ryan speaks very highly of him. So uh, Poles is... Officially the seventh GM in team history, and he is the first black general manager in team history, which is just, I, I think it's incredible, especially with, uh, you know, how far this organization has come with diversity hires. So that's kind of him, him in a nutshell. I mean, he, like I said, college scouting for much of the early 2010s, then moving into player personnel. So he has experience in the scout in college scouting and then in the free agents, trades, contract extensions, all of that. So you're getting a well-rounded guy who's only 36 years old. So I'll bring it back to you guys because I, I guess I first want to ask, how does it feel knowing that the Bears general manager is younger than you? <laughs> oh, shots fired. Yeah. Shots <laughs> fired. Okay, really quick. 2008, was that the Chris Williams year that, that they drafted Chris Chris Williams? That was offensive line, dude. Okay, all right. Daigle still got nice it, job. just a little bit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So let me let me say this, boys. I am not as excited about this as I think other people are. I'm not saying that I don't don't like the pick. That's not what I'm saying. I just I have some concerns right off the bat. The fact that he seems a whole lot like Ryan Pace, really, really good in the scouting department. He's young. He's crazy intelligent. Uh, I I like all of those things. I do like his focus on the offensive line. Um, I think that he's known to have a really good talent for offensive line. Uh, But I just, the thought of having another guy that has to grow into the position has me really nervous. And this, you know, just part, part of this, just, it feels a little bit like deja vu. So I'm wondering if, you know, you can either, you can either agree with me or you can talk me out of it. I would love to hear your thoughts. Let's go shells, Jack Wright and Brennan. So that's a great question. And I'm, I'm going to approach it from a couple different perspectives. I think in a vacuum, his uh, experience and age don't concern me as much. Uh, He's, he survived. I think one of the interesting things is he survived three different um, administrations, if you will, in Kansas city has studied under three different philosophies, uh, is sharp enough and qualified enough that three different general managers said, I need to keep that guy around. So I think he's more well-rounded than maybe we give him credit for. Uh, he's been in the business for a long, long time, even though he is only 36. Um, you know, he started right after, basically right after, uh, he graduated and, and things didn't pan out in the NFL. So he's got a lot of experience, even though he is young, where I, where I think it concerns me a little bit is in what respect did his age and inexperience maybe limit the head coaching, uh, candidate pool. Right. Um, there seems to be a lot of talk that they are not as interested in a guy like Gabriel Flus because he's young and experienced and that he may not want to pair himself with another young and inexperienced coach. Are they foreclosing themselves to some great candidates because they're focused on 
guys with experience like a Caldwell or a Quinn. Um, so in that regard, it worries me a little bit. I want to make sure that they're getting the best candidate, maybe not just the best candidate to pair with Ryan Poles. I'm with you, Ryan. You know, we talked a little bit about it at work today that there's this thing where, you know, somehow if you have anything but a, a shiny, optimistic, you know, kind of enthusiastic reaction to it that somehow that like reflects on you as a person and you know it's like kind of appealing to ryan today i'm like no i'm positive like i don't deal i I don't hang around with toxic people like i'm totally a a glass half full kind of guy i don't i don't like it i'm hopefully optimistic i'm not there's no red flags that make me super concerned but guess what we just don't know we don't all we really know we haven't heard the guy speak All we know is what others have said about him, which is glowing, no doubt about it. And we know the experience that he has had. I was pretty outspoken in that I didn't want another Ryan Pace situation. I realize they're two different people with different experiences at completely different organizations, but I didn't want somebody green doing it for the first time. In that seat, I wanted somebody that had experience, that had been down the road before, who had made the mistakes, learned from the mistakes, who had maybe built a franchise up from the bottom. It's why I was so emphatic, you know, about guys like like Dodds or somebody like Rick Smith, or even if it was somebody new, I did think that, you know, Joe Shane was was the best in terms of having experience across the board from analytics to player evaluation to cap room to to all of that. And I, I just haven't seen any of that necessarily on the resume um, of Ryan Poles yet. So that, that's one. And then secondarily, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, once the GM gets the job, then he becomes... You know, they don't like to use the word football czar, but that but that GM becomes, you know, the man in charge of the entire situation. And I can't remember where I was listening, you know, earlier this week, but they made mention of the fact that as a new GM, maybe Ryan Pace could have used some more direction and help. You know, if you get a Rick Smith or you get a Dodds or somebody that's been a GM before, then I can say, okay, take the reins, do your thing, man. This is your deal. Uh but in the case of both these two Ryans, I wonder if maybe it, while it seems on the surface like it would be really good to give them free reign, I wonder if maybe they could use some more support support that they're not going to get in the Bears organization. I definitely agree with you, Jack. I mean, it's what I would have done. So first off, to answer the question, if I like it or don't like it, I mean, on the surface, I'm OK with it. I don't. But you like Jack said, you don't really know. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't spoken yet. I, I'm really interested to see how his introductory press conference goes. But it feels like, and if you if you believe all the rumors out there, if you believe all the chatter or whatever, it's that the Bears want to hire Omar Khan potentially as their president next year when Ted Phillips retires and then essentially have somebody to oversee polls and the entire football operation. Why wouldn't you just do that from the outset? You're trying to restructure your whole organization. This is the time to do it. So you're still putting polls in a position now where he is the, he's our football guy. We like (laughs) Ryan and Ted is not going to intermeddle with football operations. 
I had to get one, George. Yeah, Dude, that, was, well that was good. That was really good. <laughs> okay. If I win this contest, I'm doing the whole episode as George Vikowski. Okay. Are you wearing a Bears right, anyway, letter anyway. jacket right now and some uh, stonewashed jeans? Yeah. <laughs> so wait. But, so, no. So I was going to say, Jack is out of this, right? For sure. Like, if we're going to three finalists, Eberflus, oh, uh, Dan coach? Quinn, and Caldwell. I know Caldwell was my honorable mention, but I said Jim Caldwell. So I'm just, I'm, I'm putting that out and there. And you drafted Vic Fangio. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro. I have not. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um, okay. Jack, I actually want to come back to this and, and, and Brennan, I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Well, all of you guys, the thought that there may be in the works an assistant GM position, which the bears have never had before, uh, but that it could be someone that is older, someone who's experienced uh, that, that is brought in that, you know, just to kind of bounce ideas off of for polls. I, you know, I, I'm not the first person to suggest this. Would that change your mind or change your excitement in any way there guys? I guess it depends on who it is and how it is that it comes about or how it transpires. Is it somebody that, you know, pulls nose or like is he's kind of in on it in terms of the decision. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. I think all of us are pretty leery of these forced marriages and, you know, like Shells calls them oftentimes half measures. You know, it pains me to say it, but, you know, Brendan's wearing his Cubs beanie right now. And, and I guess I just I think back right to when Theo Epstein was hired and I will never forget coming home from work and listening to the radio and listening to that guy talk and thinking, shit, I wish that guy was on my side of town. <laughs> he was incredible, to put it mildly. Now, we know he had the experience. We know that he had obviously turned things around in Boston. And maybe it's an apples to oranges comparison. But but again, I guess if we go back to the previous comments, like what I was saying a little bit was Brendan was saying, like, I don't, that's just what I wanted to hear. The first time the guy spoke, and maybe we will hear that again, I don't know. But that's the type of tone I wanted to hear, a guy that was measured, very experienced, and just, it was obviously clear, you know what I mean, that this guy had his shit together and knew exactly what direction we were going. Because now more than ever, this Bears team needs that. It needs it so desperately. I think Brendan, you asked the question, why not just do it now? Um, what, what's the, you know, the bears, the bears organize or plan their team. Like I plan uh, the Lego houses I build with my kids. I build it and then I get halfway through and I go, Oh shit, I probably should have done this. And I take it all apart and then I rebuild it. And then I get three quarters of the way done. And I realize I got to undo it. And then, you know, they never, it doesn't seem like they ever sit down with a plan and, and say, this is our organizational philosophy. This is who we want to be. This is how we're going to get there. This is the roadmap. These are the sequential steps we're going to take to get to that goal. It's just kind of like, oh, hey, that's not a bad idea. How do we work that into the you know the mess that is our organization? How can we incorporate this latest idea? Oh, an assistant GM? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. You know, like sit down, figure out who you are, what you want to be, and how you're going to get there, and then execute. Like there's no, there's no backward planning. It's just all helter skelter and it's, it's disorganized. And that's why they're in this dysfunctional mess. And Jack, just real quick to touch on something you said, the bears have brought this on themselves. So the folks that are skeptical, the folks that are, are in a wait and see approach, the folks who are not, you know, wide eyed and bushy tailed about the move. And I, I personally like polls, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm down on the move. I like it, but 
for folks that are taking a measured approach, you can't fault them for that after what we've experienced over the last three decades. This is who the bears have been. So there's reason to be skeptical. Um, and, and, and so don't, you know, don't necessarily fault people for having those opinions. Uh, they brought it on themselves. Patrick, you're right. I mean, they, they don't have a roadmap. They're taking all these different twists and turns and there've been reports coming out that the process was a mess. If the bears get this right, it's because they lucked into it. So that's pretty much what we have our, what we have to hang our hat on. And that's really sad. Like I said, originally that I I'm not mad about this pick. I'm not down on this pick. I just, I'm not as excited as I'm seeing other people, but there are some things that, that definitely have me excited about the pick. Uh, if, if this is the right guy, it sounds a little bit fingers crossed. Like George has finally said, you know, Ryan Poles is going to be making these decisions. This is Ryan's move. It sounded like it was going to be a marriage between him and Caldwell or whoever, Jack, I know exactly what you were talking about, but then they've also said, no, 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 no. Ryan Poles is going to make this move. I, I like that. I really like that a lot. I also like the fact that Viking fans are really salty right now. I, I mean, like, you know, why would like, why, why would he choose Chicago? I, this is an odd thing. I don't see a whole lot of Viking fans on Twitter and I have seen just nonstop on how pissed they are that they missed out on this guy. The fact that he was a finalist for other jobs, like, you know, other organizations that aren't as dysfunctional as the Chicago bears. It, it, it kind of makes, makes me a little bit excited about this guy. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I I'm, I'm super excited. Brendan, like you talked about, this is the first black GM the Chicago bears have ever had. And I, I, I like the fact that he is an offensive lineman who, again, every report says that this dude is crazy smart and you know, maybe building through that offensive and defensive line. I, I like all of those things, but I, but I'm a bears fan and I've been a bears fan when this podcast is out, I will be 40 uh, tomorrow as, oh, as we do birthday, this. Ryan. Hey. Hey. So, so happy birthday. Yeah, you will be hearing, I'm a man, I'm 40. They will be hearing that <laughs> nonstop on Twitter. Um, and so I've been a Bears fan. And so I've been scarred before, you know, and I, 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 I get my hopes up and I think this time I'm trying to be more measured. I love the bears, but this organization scares the shit out of me guys. Listen real quick. If we don't replace the turnover bucket with the garbage rooster, (laughs) we missed out on an opportunity. (laughs) Really? We really wasted an opportunity. (laughs) What even was that? I'm so confused. There's, there's (laughs) logos now of a blue rooster. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see the video? The Minnesota Vikings fan losing his mind yeah. talking about which one? There's so many. Uh, I, you know, I don't. Somebody retweeted it, and I didn't. I don't know who the guy is. I can send you the video offline. But he was like going off about how polls could pick the Bears, and he was laying out all the reasons why he, sh- you know, he shouldn't go to Chicago. And he started off with because they have a garbage rooster. <laughs> he said what? rooster. I think he meant roster and said garbage rooster. Oh, yeah, so now everybody's nice. run with it and just clowning on him. Oh, that's it's that <laughs> Minnesota accent right there. But <laughs> I, I do want to make a quick point, and I know I'm probably not like the best person to make this point or whatever, but I do think we need to, we need to celebrate the fact that the Bears did hire their first black GM, like you said, Ryan, because this is an organization that has been clown and trashed for allegedly being – very racially insensitive. I mean, there've been reports out there 
saying that and I don't know how true they are, but still it's out there that they didn't necessarily want to draft Deshaun Watson in 2017 because they didn't want to commit to a black quarterback as their franchise quarterback. They kind of had this reputation as an organization that was just really stuck in their ways to put it. I mean, they are in generally, but you know, kind of in that sense, uh, in a not great sense. And really ever since 2019 with creating the, the social justice committee uh, with Sam Acho, I know Keem Hicks was on there and Georgia spearheading it. I think the bears have done, have made a conscious effort to change that around Justin Fields becoming, you know, the first, I believe he's the first, first round, you know, quarterback, the first, first round black quarterback the bears have ever drafted. And now you get the first black GM, you know, representation matters, especially in the NFL. I don't think we, you know, I don't think that needs to be spelled out, but it does. And I'm very happy to see the bears at the very least, you know, take that step and do something different. And I really hope it serves them well in the future. So I'm, I'm proud of them for that. I I think that was, you know, that was something that's, uh, you know, been a long time coming. Well said, very well said. I mean, I, last thing, I just because I like railing on him, uh, Kirk Cousins cap hit next year. Isn't it like close to $45 million? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> oh, man, that guy. Woo. Yeah, good for you guys. Good for Vikings. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good on you guys. All right. So, gentlemen, when this podcast is out, there may be a head coach signed by the Chicago Bears. Uh, let those those finalists again, Eberflus, Caldwell, and Quinn that we know of. There, there, it's possible that there's someone that we're we're not hearing about as as a second interview, or the fact that Ryan Poles will decide to get somebody else. Uh, but let's just kind of hear this, boys. I mean, obviously putting the the fantasy draft aside, what are you kind of thinking about these three guys? Let's go, Jack, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Can I ask an honest question? Something that I haven't really looked up, but how many instances can we think of where a second chance or a retread head coach has, has worked out fantastically? Andy, Andy Reid. Okay. Belichick. Belichick. Pete Carroll. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm asking honestly because I, I yeah. just. I, I, this is where I wanted youth. This is where I wanted the youth movement. Uh, again, as I, as I drafted and as I documented, because I think as we've spoken about before, it's a, it, it's a young game now. I, I think all the leagues are starting to trend, you know, to younger dynamic athletes. And so I would have liked to have seen somebody with an innovative scheme that was offensive minded. That was in this case, probably, someone that had been, uh, you know, an offensive coordinator, because I think, as I said, that it would be really nice to have somebody to work directly with Justin Fields and develop him thoroughly as a quarterback. Again, could any of these three gentlemen make this go? Sure. I'm not really excited about any of them. I mean, some of the statistics, like Shells, you put out about, you know, Dan Quinn and, and some of the, the lost streaks that he's had and, you know, been fired here and then hired there. You know, Caldwell looks like he's got a good record. If you take the one season out that he was 2-12, and 12, then I think he ends up being, what is it, 63-30 and 30 something. And yeah, that looks pretty good. And Detroit was good when he was there. That's saying something. J- Jack? 
Say that again. Make sure you say that sentence again. That Detroit was pretty good when he was there. I mean, I just want to make sure that people are hearing you when you mm-hmm. say Detroit was and, good. Yeah. Those people that were like super incensed about Lovey Smith not showing enough emotion. Wait till you get yourself a Jim Caldwell, people. <laughs> you will be fiercely upset because, you know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of emotion out of him. So, uh, you know, again, I I just I, I'd be hopeful and I'd cross my fingers <laughs> and watch and wait and, and hope that it's changed around. But I'm not really that jacked about any of those three guys, to be completely honest. So I'm going to start with the one that excites me the least, uh, and that's Dan Quinn. You, you mentioned it, Jack, some of the numbers I put out. So Matt Nagy, in his tenure, had a four-game losing streak, a five-game losing streak, and a six-game losing streak. We absolutely destroyed him for that, right? That was like one of the calling cards is, oh, here comes another season with an extended losing streak. Dan Quinn, in 2015, first season, had a six-game losing streak. In 2018, five-game losing streak. 2019, he started one and eight, which included a six-game losing streak. 2020, he went 0-5 to start, another five-game losing streak, and got fired. He's a career 43-42 and head coach. Uh, He had the meltdown of the Super Bowl. He lost Shanahan after the Super Bowl. The 2017 season, he hires Steve Sarkeesian when he had Matt LaFleur on his staff who had had worked with Matt Ryan in the season where he um, uh, they went to the Super Bowl. So this idea that he's got a great eye for assistant coaches and great gets great coordinators. He got one, he got Shanahan he gets credit for that. He certainly does, but let's not act like he's, you know, just restocking the, the um, uh, shelves with offensive coordinators year after year. He, he made a big blunder after he let go of Shanahan or after Shanahan moved on. Um, I don't see what the rush is uh, to go hire Dan Quinn. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, people like to put to to uh, to work with him. He he has great relationship relationships across the league. Um, but if I had asked any Bears fan after he was fired in 2020, would you be excited about the prospects of Dan Quinn being your head coach? There's not one fan who would have said yes. But now after a year being a defensive coordinator in Dallas, you sprinkle a little PR dust on him. And now uh, because, you know, the, the pundits are saying he's one of the hot candidates and everybody wants him. Our fans are just like, yeah, we got to get Dan Quinn. We got to get Dan Quinn. Um, I, I don't see it. I hope he learned from some of his mistakes. He was one of the worst in-game coaches that I remember seeing in my lifetime. His, his decision-making was atrocious. Remember the game against San Francisco when he was, they were down four on the one yard line. And he kicked a field goal with three minutes left instead of going for the touchdown. I think if he has not learned from his his mistakes, fans will go nuts. They'll be begging for Nagy's terrible decisions. Um, So with that said, never (laughs) careful what you wish for. That's a bridge too far, Patrick. With that said, if he truly has learned from his mistakes and, and one year has magically, uh, you know, altered who he is fundamentally as a coach great maybe it'll work um but as of now he does not really excite me so that brings me to Eberflus and Caldwell 
Um, honestly, I could talk myself into either one of them. I know I picked Eberflus as part of the fantasy draft. I, I did that in part because I like him. I think he's a great motivator. I think he's a, he's a good leader of men. I think he's a guy that could be the CEO face of your franchise, run your team kind of guy. Um, if he has shown in the interviews that he can bring over a great offensive staff, I would rather go with him uh, because he is a bit of an unknown than the known quantity of 43 and 42 tube sock, you know, egg salad sandwich, Dan Quinn. Uh, so <laughs> that's me, but I agree with you, Jack. I, I, and I've tweeted this out a bunch. I want to see him bring in at least a couple more candidates. If nothing else, just get some knowledge from other people, uh, pick their brains, see, see what they're thinking, see what their staff's going to look like. Um, see what ideas they have for how they would develop Justin Fields and how they would implement a game plan just to get that information. There's no harm in bringing those folks in. Like we act like if we lose out on, on Dan Quinn, it's the end of the world. It's Dan Quinn, not Don Shula. Like you can take a few days to bring in a couple more candidates. Um, you don't know, right. You, you don't know until you talk to them. So I would like to see that as well. Um, you know, of Caldwell and Eberflus, I really could be talked into to either one. Um, I do like the idea of, you know, Caldwell, uh, his experience working with quarterbacks in the past, his offensive background. But I think if I had a pick between those two, I would give the slight edge to Eberflus. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully tomorrow morning we'll hear of a couple more candidates being brought in to Hallis Hall for another interview. Shells, real quick. Is the egg salad sandwich in the tube socks or is the tube sock part of the sandwich? And I, you know, the mullet king is going to probably come after me, but um, does it matter? Cause isn't eating an egg salad sandwich like eating a tube sock full of egg salad, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of gross, right? <laughs> I guess. I just, when you said that, I'm like, I kind of, trying to visualize it are you putting a sandwich in socks <laughs> yeah it's just it's just kind of a boring like blah you know it's just you know what yeah he's hanging out like a new balance shoes with some white tube socks yeah on it, eating an egg I, I tweeted the analogy it's like you're a kid and you ask for a ps5 for christmas that you know the shiny new whiz bang toy that everybody loves and is fun and is exciting and is state of the art and you wake up and you open up your your Christmas stocking and it's a six pack of three striper vipers from, uh, you know, target. That's not what you want. <laughs> so no, that's descriptive. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm an eighties kid. If you're an eighties kid, you know what the three striper vipers are all about. I'm going to Google it right now. Cause I don't know what it is. Yeah, oh, no Jack, you'll know. Is. You don't know what those are. He no, does. I, he does. He's just giving you a hard time. It sounds no, like I really, I, made it, I'm, I might have to see him, but I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. You'll know him as soon as you see him. All right, I'll check. I'll check it out in a few minutes. But that's that's kind of how I feel, man. Like, I, I I can talk myself into any three of these guys, and I really kind of have, which is really sad. Like, you know, I I totally understand the the losing streaks with Dan Quinn. I was kind of shocked when I saw the forty three and forty two record. I for sure thought he was going to be like a guy that was ten games over five hundred. But you know, that's that's pretty rough. I mean, he's had decent offenses, even with Sark as part of his part of his staff. They were a dropped Julio Jones pass away from going to a second consecutive NFC championship game. They were decimated by injuries and really poor drafting by Dimitrov in, uh, you know, the mid to late 2010s when they started that downward slide. But you can't discount anything that, you know, Shell said, like bad losing streaks. 
his defense wasn't all that good for being a defensive guy, especially when he actually took over defensive coordinator duties. It's almost like he's a, he's one of those guys that's probably better off as a coordinator instead of being a head coach. But I do, I see some upside there and given his relationships, given the way that people talk about him, I mean, I, the, I, you, you can sell me on him, but I'm a stupid idiot. So, you know, like at this point you can sell me on an egg salad sandwich, but you know, and same thing with Jim Caldwell. I mean, the fact that you had pretty good success with two separate organizations that could not be further, far further from each other with the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. I thought he got a raw deal in both instances where he was fired after that one season when Peyton Manning couldn't go in 2011. And then 2017, they fired him after he was nine and seven, I believe. That's not good enough for Detroit <laughs> after he took him to two playoff runs. He does not, at least in Detroit, he did not run the ball well. Their running offenses were just atrocious. Their offenses were kind of in the middle of the pack, but people love playing for him. He's a leader of men. He does have some pretty good staff connections that you could get. And then Eberflus, you know, we don't really know. You know, he's had success in Dallas as both a linebackers coach and a passing game coordinator. And of course, we've seen what we've done with the Colts. I didn't know this until recently. He's actually older than Dan Quinn. I had no idea. He's so, 51, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think he's like 51 and maybe like a few months older than Quinn because they're both 51, I think. But you know, with Eberflus, we just don't know how he's going to translate to a head coach. I think that story that came out of him motivating his guys with t-shirts was kind of a little too Matt Nagy-ish for me, a little too hokey. But, you know, there's there's pros and cons with all these guys. The thing is, you're not going to get a unicorn. You're just not. Like, we're, we're going to be nitpicking and we're going to be finding the pros and cons everywhere we look with every single candidate. And frankly, I was telling Dangle this before we recorded – I'm just sick of it. Just get me, you know, this whole thing has just been like a, you know, Mexican, Mexican standoff with the entire league. Nobody wants to hire a damn coach. And now you just hear the Jaguars are potentially pulling back from left, which after that was supposedly going to be a done deal, just hire somebody. I mean, we're, we're going to be able to, you know, find the flaws in all of them. And I just, I just want to start and just get it out of the way and just start moving forward. Ryan, I'm anxious to hear what you are going to say as well, but just to spin off quickly off of what Brendan was, was saying, based on really nothing concrete, because Eberflus on paper, I do think, checks a lot of boxes. And against what you said, Shells, and I can't really tell you why, it's not personal, I watched some mic'd up practices with Eberflus, and I watched a couple of his press conferences when we were doing the coach's draft. And I just got to say, Spidey sense is tingling a little bit. I've got this gut reaction, just watching him talk with players and such, that I, I I just I didn't get the vibe I was hoping for in that particular regard, and I just want to put it down so that it's like out there in the ether, and I could be completely wrong, but you know, as you get older, as you get older, you learn to trust your gut more and more, and I just I don't know, I, I'm not sure if the juice is going to be worth the squeeze when it comes to that guy. I will just say this with Eberflus, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to, to have a strong opinion on it. So I'm, I'm just going to skip it and talk Caldwell. What he did with Joe Flacco uh, in that 2020, sorry, that 2012 Super Bowl run is incredible. Joe Flacco has been pretty terrible 
afterwards. And so in that season, he's an MVP. I mean, the, the guy was, the guy was incredible, right? He, he, especially when he got to the playoffs, Caldwell really turned it, turned, turned it on for her, helped him turn it on for him. And the fact that he supposedly loves Justin Fields is very excited about Justin Fields. That also I'm stealing from you, Jack makes my spidey senses tingle a little bit. That's exactly what Matt Nagy said about Mitch Trubisky. And so, you know, that makes me a little bit nervous. He, he, he's an older guy, which is one of the things I actually wanted a retread. I wanted a guy that had experience that learned from it, which is why I go back to Dan Quinn. And I, and I do wonder if taking a step back uh, and having that opportunity to kind of be like, Hmm, you know, uh, these are the things that I messed up. These are the things I could have done. Like, I think with all of us, when you make a mistake, you got to have some time to kind of sit back and, and kind of think about it just a little bit. Um, I, I, I worry a lot about Eberflus and I worry a lot about Quinn's offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, the name Kafka keeps coming up quarterbacks coach for the chiefs and uh, Ken Dorsey, the quarterbacks coach for the bills. Both of those guys uh, names interest me a lot. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I that, that's the thing that has me most nervous. I find it interesting. The folks that, you know, the, the biggest knock I see on Caldwell is, is the age. Cause if you stack his resume up against Quinn's, I mean, personally, I don't think there's a comparison. I think Caldwell's resume is more impressive, way more impressive than Dan Quinn's uh, especially if your primary focus is developing Justin Fields. So to me, I don't know. I, I don't, it's not close to me. It, to me, Caldwell, Caldwell and Eberflus are the clear top two. I, I just don't have Dan Quinn anywhere near them. I, I so I, I'd be interested in your thoughts in uh, specifically Caldwell or Quinn. Um, why, you know, why some folks are seem to be giving Quinn so much deference uh, and ignoring what appears to be a more impressive resume in Caldwell. I think, you know, with Quinn, it was Seattle clout a little bit, Legion of Boom. I think it's, you know, a, a little bit, Atlanta to the Super Bowl, we know didn't go so well. But uh, I think if there's anything, it's that rep maybe that carries with them a little bit. I, I don't disagree with you, really, Shells, but I think that's where some of the credence lies with him, perhaps. And and what happened with that defense, you know, with the Cowboys was impressive this year. So, Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys defense was one of the worst in 2020, and he turned it into a top 10 unit. And I think a lot of people also think that, you know, he really helped Mike McCarthy a lot. And because Mike McCarthy's not a great head coach. And I think people were really happy with the stability that Dan Quinn brought in to help get them to that NFC East title. And yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff with Caldwell's age and everything. Caldwell wasn't doing great health wise a few years ago, but reports are that he's, he changed his diet. He's doing a lot better now. He's vegan. Um, and that, you know, hopefully that means he can coach for, you know, hopefully many, many more years, whether it's with the bears or, you know, in other capacities in the future. But I mean, if you give me like five years, maybe six years of Jim Caldwell, and you're talking about like consistent playoff appearances and maybe a Super Bowl appearance, I'm signing up for that. I mean, listen to him talk, listen to the way that Kelvin Johnson specifically talks about him, how hard it was to tell him that when he was his coach, when he was retiring, because he just loved playing for Jim Caldwell, you know, like guys gravitate to, towards that. And we talked a little bit about like the bears needing a leader of men 
And everybody's like, oh, Leslie Frazier is that guy. No, Leslie Frazier isn't that guy. Jim Caldwell would be that guy. You know who else is a vegan? Justin Fields. Just saying. Exactly. But uh, Ryan, real quickly, you I think you mentioned it a little bit, but his the tweet that came out that he loves Justin Fields and he's got an offense that he knows how he would entirely shape it to Justin Fields' strength. I mean, got me hot and bothered a little bit. I know that might have been the spidey sense you were talking about, but I'm like... I, I think he has more credence to it. He's called plays. He's been a head coach. He's done all those things. And I think, but, but it's still those, like, I, I, I'm just nervous from the, the strong interview types. Matt Nagy is a strong interviewer. He's such a clear communicator. Jack and I work with a phenomenal colleague. She, she's incredible, a wonderful, wonderful person. She's so good at her job. She is the worst interviewer on the planet. And she'll tell you that like her interview at, at our company was an absolute train wreck, but somehow they were, they, they just really needed a person to fill the position. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, like you, you couldn't interview to save your life, but like you are very, very good at what you do. And a couple years ago, we had another individual that, I mean, this person, and I'm not even going to drop gender in this person. It was, it was this person promised this and this person promised that, and they were polished and everything. They, they were gone very shortly after they were hired. And you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, man, I just like the, the, the whole interview process, like I, I get like that we, we're talking a little bit about Dable and how like, you know, maybe people are, are soured on him. I, dude, what does he what does he have to do for the interview process hey look what i did here's the film watch it let me know like i, I yeah. so so that that's exactly who i was thinking of when he said that i do think the fact that shane may um i don't want to say sour sour on him maybe souring on him a little bit but doesn't seem like the Giants are, are are hot on Dable anymore, which is a little bit of a red flag for me, much in the same way it's a red flag that uh, Poles isn't uh, bringing in the enemy. You know, those are guys that that they know each other well. Um, so why? Why isn't he bringing them in? Why isn't he, he interested in that guy? But from that one perspective, um, this, oh, he didn't interview well, is such a crock. Anybody who's ever interviewed people for a job knows exactly what you just said, Ryan, is it can be a crapshoot. Uh, just because they don't interview well in some you know structured uh, Q&A doesn't mean that they can't do their job. So I think we're maybe overblowing this idea of he's, you know, oh, he didn't nail the interview, like, just like he didn't nail the press conference. Um, you know, like just hire the guy who's going to get results. The guy that is going to resonate with the players, who cares if he doesn't sound like, you know, super polished in the interview, if the players love him and he gets results, just, just win. That's all we want. Just win. If we circle all the way back, you know, that really makes me think shells about you, you just handed over, <laughs> you know, a hundred year franchise to a 36 year old dude who you interviewed. What? I, I don't know. Three, four times. I mean, we're all kind of saying the same thing. Like, how much do we know about these people? We're not going to know until they actually perform or don't. But I was just thinking about that, like from the perspective of, of George and those, you know, those those leadership uh, folks that made this decision. You barely know the person. You know, you think about it. We know each other pretty well. I think I would feel pretty comfortable having you do some important jobs for me, you know, like uh, around the house or whatever. It's maybe a terrible comparison, but to all of a sudden just pluck this guy 
I know they vetted him. I know they did the research. I know that they interviewed him thoroughly. I know he was number one on everybody's list, but we'll see. I mean, Jack, don't you think that George had just an ample amount of time to interview him when they were waiting in the, you know, Uber Lyft line to get a car back, you know, on the freezing cold? Because God knows George isn't hiring a limo to get him. I I saw some people that were like, no, it's a family business. I like it. You know, that's the way to do it. Where were you on that camp? Just curious about your take on him picking him up at the airport. So I, I said, part of me finds it endearing, but it's, it's, I don't know. I'm mixed because like, if you really like the guy, like, why don't you meet him at and shells? I don't know how familiar you are with the area. I can't remember, but there's a, there's an executive airport, like right by Lake forest, the Chicago executive airport for like the private jets and the super nice, you know, rich people to go. Why wouldn't you just fly him in there instead of O'Hare, one of the busiest airports in the world? And, you know, you have your owner there. That's great. I tweeted it. I thought it was kind of ridiculous that he was like, you know, wearing all of his Bears garb like a super fan. I'm like, you know what? You're notorious for being one of the most top secret organizations. And here you are flaunting that you're just this giant Bears owner. And I mean, people were coming at me like, well, not everybody knows what George McCaskey looks like. I'm like, you know what? A lot of people do. You're you're the owner of one of the most you know powerful sports organizations in the in the world, really in the country for sure. But I don't know. I was just kind of like that's kind of it's kind of hokey, but whatever. Yeah, you, you know it was. He's 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 just kind of a goober. Like I didn't have a problem with him picking him up. Uh, I thought that was fine. He's just kind of a goober in his varsity jacket and it's whatever. Like. Uh, but then I see today that the Giants flew Shane uh, economy. He got the middle seat in the last row next to the restroom. Like, I mean, hey, at least we didn't do that. When you compare that situation to having the owner of a $4 billion franchise personally pick you up at uh, baggage claim, that's a that's the white glove approach, man. That's a nice touch. Uh, at least we didn't stick him next to the bathroom <laughs> on a puddle jumper or something. That we know of. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, private jet. You guys are multi-billion-dollar companies. You can't throw a private jet down to pick up your top GM candidate, New York Giants. What a poverty franchise! I don't know why. I just think McCaskey drives a Prius. I just—he looks like a guy that would drive a Prius. I don't. <laughs> somebody tweeted. They said a Bu- a gold or a beige Buick Enclave, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh, man. that's perfect. <laughs> All right, folks, we got a lot of things coming up here at the Bear Down Report. Uh, We're in the midst of a story contest. Boys, I'm loving it. I'm loving the voting, the way that things are going. I'm excited to see who our co-host is going to be for an episode. Uh, That has been so much fun. If you're listening to this episode, you can hop on Twitter and you can vote. I even had a friend who said, hey, I don't have Twitter, but I really want to vote. Hey, man, you got to have Twitter to vote. Uh, Get on and vote for one of our four stories that are out there. Uh, Super fun. Those are coming up. We also have the end of season award that is also coming up really, really quickly. uh, And we're really looking forward to that. Before we get out of here, boys, we got to give some shout outs, shout outs that are going to go out. So let's go Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it out. Okay. Usually I only have like a couple, but I actually got a long list here. So I'm going to try to get through these quickly. First off, shout out goes to my boy, Eric Kirbyan. 
He is a friend I've known for actually maybe like 10 years now. We went to college together. We've gotten to know each other since then. He's a huge Bears fan. He actually is currently doing some MMA writing right now. Uh, So if you're into mixed martial arts, UFC, all that, make sure to check him out. Uh, You can follow him at Eric Kirbyan with a K on Twitter. And uh, he's actually somebody. uh, So I interviewed Alan Robinson back in 2020. And Eric was actually the person who was able to set that up for me. So I owe him a lot for for doing that bet a little over, I guess, a year and a half ago. So shout out to Eric. Shout out to another Eric, Eric Bone or Bon. I'm not sure how to say his name, but we're talking about the George McCaskey video. It was Eric's video. Eric was the guy at O'Hare and just somehow saw George standing at baggage claim. And he broke the story that just, you know, captivated bears Twitter and everyone by, uh, by Tuesday morning. So I communicated with Eric a little bit. Uh, I took a screenshot of the video and tweeted it out and it kind of blew up. And some people were like, Oh, you know, why didn't you give Eric credit? I'm like, look, it was at one in the morning. I didn't know what happened. And then once, you know, I realized it was going viral, I made sure to give Eric as much credit as I could. And Eric was super nice about it. Just, and I asked him, I was like, what, how did you find this? Like, how did you know it was George? He's like, I just looked up, saw George, thought it might be interesting to my friends. And he's like, I was going to just keep it for them, but I'm glad I tweeted that out. I'm like, yeah, I am too. Cause you know, you, like I said, you broke the story. So shout out to Eric. Um, Real quickly, we, we've been clowning on the Packers quite a bit, guys, and it's been fantastic. I mean, just an unbelievable loss. Thank you, from, Robbie. Uh, thank you so much, Robbie Gold. And I feel bad for I, I feel bad for two Packers fans only. There are two guys that I want to say, like, hey, I'm so sorry, because these guys are really good to us. One of them is actually a friend of the show, Greg Williams. He's been on before. He's a he writes for uh on Wisconsin, I believe, or game on Wisconsin. And uh, he does some work in uh, Kansas as a journalist. Greg is such a nice guy, huge Packers fan. He's sometimes, you know, he's a pain in my ass by chapping the bears a little bit, but he really is somebody that I enjoy communicating with. And another one is my high school buddy, Rob Gibbons. Uh, You can follow both of them at Bob Gibbons, 2048 and Greg Williams, 28. Those two guys are just great Packer fans. Uh, The rest of them can rot in hell, but those two deserve shout outs. Uh, Two more quickly. I got to give a shout out to Alyssa Barbieri. I mean, she is on fire. Like all of these coaching rumors, GM rumors, everything. And I've been busy with my day job, like for the last like two weeks. And I honest to God, feel like I haven't been pulling my weight at bears wire as much as I should. She has been on top of it and she deserves so much credit. So hopefully, you know, she sees this shout out because she is killing it. If you're not following her and checking out her work at bears wire, you're missing out. And then finally, shout out to my guy, Kevin Caddick. So Kevin announced um, earlier this week that he is going to be accepting a job at a media outlet to be named later. And so that kind of, unfortunately, that means the, uh, the end for now for Midway Minute, but hopefully sometime you know, in the future, it'll pick back up. But Kevin's got a super awesome opportunity coming up. I'm so proud of him. He grinded his ass making Midway Minute, just a fun newsletter. And now he's getting to reap the rewards with a brand new job that he'll be sharing in the future. So shout out to him and all the success that he has. So I got, I got three quick shout outs. Uh, Just some folks that have been really engaged throughout this process of the GM and head coach search for the bears. Uh, And I've really appreciated their interactions and, and um, their comments. 
Uh, Jake, who goes by Jake, and he is at Jake underscore B30. <clears throat> also, a uh, guy that we go back and forth a while uh, or, or a long way on Twitter, Let's Go Bears. You can find him at Let's Go Shy Bears. And Pedro Lanka at Pedro Lanka. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys have had uh, a lot of great comments. I appreciate you being engaged, asking a lot of great questions. Um, so keep it going, and uh, hopefully we'll see a resolution to all this stuff soon, and we can move on to free agency. I have one shout-out and one shout-out only, and it is to our guy, Ryan Dangle. He is the engine behind this machine from getting advertisers to the story episode that he just put out solo to landing Gary Fensick to recording new voiceovers, intros and such to hosting like a boss to uh, boosting my Twitter clout. Uh, The list kind of goes on and on, but like Ryan is truly the glue that holds this together and he has worked incredibly hard to make this go. So shout out to you, Ryan. Here, here. And happy birthday. Yeah. Birthday, Happy man. birthday. What are you doing? I'm a man. I'm 40. Um, th- thank you very much for that, Jack. Uh, I appreciate it. And honestly, dude, I, I, I kind of sit back and just think about how unbelievably fortunate we are to have this pod and to have the incredibly loyal, loyal listener base that we have. The, the listeners that we have are incredible. And I, 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 I'm deflecting it right back to you guys. The, the fact that we get to have Brendan on this, the Patrick on this, and you, Jack, I, dude. Like how much freaking fun is this? This is a blast, right? Like, and I absolutely love doing this with you guys. Um, and so seriously, truly Jack, you know how much that means to me. Thank you so much. Fat Mike. Uh, I, I got to hear, uh, Brendan on fat Mike's show. I was really impressed. And so we asked fat Mike to come on to our show and see, he's going to be doing that. Um, in a future episode sometime this off season, we've got a lot of stuff working up, but, uh, at some point we're going to get him on. He, again, Brendan, I mean, I know you're probably going to just echo all of that just was very, very good. Yeah. So I got introduced to fat Mike through ESPN 1000, actually a couple of years ago. And, um, once I heard that he was starting his new show, I was like, Oh, let's see how this goes. I was just thrilled. I've heard him do his show before, but even just the interview questions and his persona, all of it, he was, he was so much fun. And I told him afterwards, I was like, you know what, you run a really good show, man. And the fact that we're able to get him on one of our shows, uh, it's just really exciting. So I'm really glad that that that's happening in the future. And yeah, great shout out to him. Yeah. Look, looking forward to it very, very much. Uh, Tim Whitehead, that's T-I-M-M Whitehead. Uh, we just have some really positive encounters with him and and he asks great questions and some great back and forths on Twitter, uh, commenting on the podcast and stuff like that. Tim, thank you so very much. And this one, this is a very passionate guy, Frozen Warrior. That's P-H-R-O-Z-E-N, Frozen Warrior. Um I just, he, I think he might be our new hype man for the pod. Uh, it was just like, guys, you, you, you can't tease a pod and then not put it out right now. Um, and so, uh, my man, frozen warrior, like we're working on it, dude. We appreciate you very much. Yeah. He's, he's great. I gave him a shout out last week. He's awesome. Uh, I love his enthusiasm. It's, it's, it's been, it's been super, super fun. Uh, for all of us at the bear down report, 
podcast. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, please keep your ears peeled. Just one more reminder that now that we are in the off season, podcasts are going to be a little bit more sporadic. Uh, we, we're going to try to get this coverage for you when, when a head coach is hired and maybe some of those assistant coaches are hired, start talking about free agency, but they're going to be a little bit more sporadic because we're going to be spending time with our family, catching up on jobs, uh, and hopefully catching up on some sleep. Uh, that's, that's just me. Um, for all of us, thank you so, so very much for, for listening. If you have liked what you've heard, please hit subscribe. If you've really liked what you've heard, you can hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But if you've loved it, you can go to beardownreport.com, go to the podcast section, click on any one of the episodes, and you can buy us a round of beers. We would absolutely love it. If you do buy us a round of beers, let us know because uh, we want to shout you out on this podcast. For Ben and Chagru. Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very much. And as always, bear down.